Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been airing inspiring, insightful conversations with all kinds of change agents who are raising the vibration on our planet. It's the intention of our show to explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic, spiritual ways. You'll hear how various industry experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And do me a favor, please come back and rate the show so that new people can find us. We'll introduce our next guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. The funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate Geek to English for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it, and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with TechLifeBalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Hi, it's your host, Cheryl Sitz. And when I'm not doing this podcast, I really enjoy coaching you on how you can have the life you really want. As creators of our own reality, there's a lot of ways that we can block ourselves, hold ourselves back, or just not get really clear on what it is we want. Once we do that, there is no stopping us. I'd love to help you do that. Get in touch with me at CherylSits.com. It is just about time for our next digital magazine to come out. I'm so excited. The issue is all about how less is more unless it isn't. So we kind of play with that topic a little bit. The cover story is Tiny Texas Houses and its unique founder. He was a guest on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. You can go back and check that out. And definitely come to journeyofpossibilities.com and get subscribed so you can get your free issue of that magazine. It's going to be filled with really interesting articles. Today, we continue our Conscious Couple series with the return of Ariana Joy, whom we last had on the show, I can't even believe, three years ago. She is now a pleasure coach, guiding purpose-driven women to create more prosperity in their life and business through intentionally designing a new relationship with desire, pleasure, and play. Sounds great. She combines over 10 years personal development with years of in-depth study of esoteric arts like yoga, shamanism, and tantra to create a highly unique experience for her clients. Now, the other half of our conscious couple is Will Reason. Will is a prosperity coach, and he helps highly successful men design extraordinary lives and rewrite their relationship with power through dynamic, deep inner work. Will has spent 20 years extensively studying human development, Jungian archetypal symbolism, indigenous cultural customs, and inner alchemy, putting him at the leading edge of personal transformation work. Will and Ariana together are deeply committed to infusing both their personal life and business with the energy of their sacred union. They've discovered the healing that takes place within a safe, intimate space and are dedicated to creating the wisdom of co-creation with couples in their highly exclusive, custom-tailored private retreats. What a dynamic duo to have on the show. Welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. So glad to have you here sharing what your journeys have looked like. Now, Ariana, a lot has changed in your focus, it seems, over the last three years. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I can't believe it's already been three years since we connected. A lot has changed. Um, I had just come back from Peru. I want to say I was maybe nine months out from returning from living uh, six months in the Amazon jungle working with the sacred plant medicine ayahuasca. And um, I was in quite a deep transition phase at that point, kind of finding my footing after living abroad for two years, finding my voice, starting to share my YouTube videos, which I believe is how we connected initially. And um, yeah, over the last three years, it's been a lot of deep inner work, a lot of um, putting the different pieces together and diving deeper into my purpose. And what I've come out on the other side to realize is that I want to create more play and more pleasure in my own life. And I want to teach men and women how to do the same for themselves. That is fabulous. I believe that's why we're here. I completely agree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is awesome. It's been really fun to watch your transformation. We have stayed connected through social media at the least. And to just watch your explorations. And especially when you connected with Will. Now, Will, we haven't gotten to know you at all yet. So could you tell me a little bit about what your journey has looked like? Mm, Where do I begin? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, so the most recent part of my journey, I think that'll be most interesting, um, In 2014, I began a journey working with a pair of mentors, a husband and wife team. And I spent, during a two and a half year apprenticeship with them, I spent 45 days living with them, completely transformed myself. When I came back from that, I began a journey to losing weight. And over the next 12 months, I lost 100 pounds, began um, a coaching certification with IPEC, and traveled to Peru and spent some time living in the Amazon jungle studying indigenous plant medicines. And um, from there, I've been building my business. Wow. I mean, just one of those things would make someone proud, let alone all that you've been going through. My goodness, talk about transformation. A hundred pounds you lost. What was the catalyst for that? So the turning point for me um, was a pretty low turning point. I was not making a lot of money. Um, I was doing something that I loved working in um, theater work, doing opera work uh, and stage managing a symphony in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. And I was overweight. I drank a lot of alcohol and I had a back injury. I had three bulged discs in my lower back. And while I was in the hospital, I just, I realized something had to change. I was miserable. And it was at that moment where I decided, okay, I've got to take charge of my life. And prior to that, I mean, I've been interested in personal development and all sorts of of things of that nature for years and been studying them on my own, but I hadn't really put into practice the things that I'd been learning. And that was the year when I began working with my mentors and it completely changed my life. I started taking on clients and, um, doing karmic astrology work and coaching work and it has transformed into a full-on career for me. It seems like for everybody that I talk to, though we would love to say that we become our best selves by choice, doesn't it always seem to involve pain to take us to that place where we're ready to open up and do our inner work to get to be all that we can be? Absolutely. (laughs) I think 
that transformation only comes by going through the shadow, moving through the dark, and that requires pain. Growth has a pain cycle. For anybody that exercises, they know that when you're exercising, you're breaking down and destroying the muscles so that they can rebuild stronger. And in, in almost every way in our life, there's some element of that through growth. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I, I went through my own pain path and I know Ariana shared in her podcast. I'm going to tag to that podcast on this show, but you can also just Google Exploring Possibilities Ariana Joy and you'll find that last show from December three years ago. Well, you two have both done a lot of work in Peru too, inner work in Peru. Is that where you met? We actually met through a mutual friend who Will met in the jungle in Peru, and I met her through another mutual friend. And so our girlfriend Mia connected us. Um, but we actually connected in, in New York, outside of New York City. But we had both been to the same jungle camp in Peru. We had both worked with the same shaman, done the same plant medicine work, um, worked with master plant diets, the same plant. And yeah, so we, we connected through the medicine, just not in Peru. What's interesting about how we connected is that when I was meeting this woman that little did I know would introduce me to Ariana, Ariana was house-sitting for her in New York. So I was at the very camp where Ariana studied, going through a process of my own and meeting this woman and helping her through her process. And back at, in the States, Ariana was in the very place where we would meet mm -hmm. a few months later. Well, I guess mm -hmm. it was six, months, six later. months later almost. How yeah. fun. Don't you love the synchronicities of this journey? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there were so many layers interwoven into uh, our meeting and connecting. It was actually I was house sitting for her at that point. And it was during that two week when she was in the jungle and I was watching her cat at the house where I decided to move to New York City. And had I not made that decision to move to New York City, I don't know if Will and I would have connected uh, at the time that we did. And there was a lot of synchronicity. The weekend that we connected was the three year I call it my ayahuasca anniversary. The anniversary of my first <laughs> ceremony with ayahuasca was the the weekend that I met Will. So there were many many layers of synchronicity and divine orchestration in our in our meeting. That is just so cool. And our guest last week said the same thing. You know, a lot of synchronicities led to meeting. I think sometimes we get hung up on where do I need to go to meet this right person? What do I need to do to meet this right person? And what we really need to do is focus on living our, our, our purpose and our path, and that right person's going to be in that path, right? I completely agree. So um, the unfoldment is where things happen, and, it yeah. doesn't, and the unfoldment doesn't occur unless we're out there really living. Yeah. So do you believe that you guys were preparing yourselves unknowingly to meet one another as well? Was there, were you both looking for someone at the time that you met? How did all that look? <laughs> um, to answer your first question, absolutely. We were, <laughs> we were preparing and I had actually had a vision of Will in an ayahuasca ceremony the summer before when I was in Peru at the camp where Will met our mutual friend. Um, I had had a vision of, of this man and he was very foreign to me at the time, um, not the typical person that I would go for um, in, in the past. And um, so, yeah, there was definitely this preparation phase for both of us. Um, but neither of us were looking. Actually, at the, the moment when we met, we were both involved with other people. And um, we had both been in the process of 
moving away from that consciously uncoupling from the, the, um, partnerships that we were in and we met and we both knew that, um, we had felt that intuitive nudge to move away from our previous partnership, what wasn't working because we see now we were being prepared to meet each other. Anything to add to that, Will? Well, I would completely agree. We were definitely preparing ourselves for each other in life. And it's kind of funny because I don't know that either of us really realized. I think I had more of a notion of it than she did. <laughs> um, but I don't think that really we realized until we came together how, how much life had prepared us for each other. Mm-hmm. I remember becoming aware of Ariana just a short time before meeting her. And I went to her website and I read her website and I knew in that moment that there was something there. It it felt like I was reading my words. It felt like I was listening to myself talk. She didn't just think the way I did, but she articulated the way I did. And, And so that sparked my curiosity. And when we met, it was obvious to me almost instantly. It was a little less obvious to me instantly, (laughs) but it didn't take me very long. It took me a very short time to catch on. (laughs) Well, and I picked up one of you. I think it was Ariana said, this was not my typical person. And Mm -hmm. I can totally relate to that. And I feel like that's also a key component of a conscious coupling is unless we are used to being in conscious relationships, it's not going to be with the person we think it's going to be with or the personality type that we've chosen in the past or whatever. It just, it feels completely different. It did for me as well. So I thought it was interesting that you said that. Did you have resistance around that or was that an attracting factor? For me, it was ultimately an attracting factor. And I had known uh, through my inner work that I had been attracting men who did not share the similar spiritual path and spiritual beliefs and dedication to personal growth. Um, And it had been a a subconscious sabotage mechanism where I was picking men who had no, that I was not going to find my ultimate fulfillment with them because they weren't living the same life. They didn't want to live that life. And so I was creating more chaos for myself um, in that. And so I had already become aware of this, this pattern that was playing out of picking these men. Um, and when he came into my life, I, I realized, um, how, like I was speaking with a girlfriend and I'm like, yeah, you know, he's a musician, he drinks medicine. He's totally not the kind I would kind of guy I would go for. And she just looked at me and she was like, yeah, he sounds nothing like your type. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I, I really had been, just replaying this pattern of feeling like I wasn't worthy enough of love. So I was picking men who would reflect that back to me. And when he came into my life, I decided to lean in and say yes to what life was offering me, which was this opportunity to create, co-create with this beautiful man who very much like Will said, we, we see the world through very similar lenses. We articulate things the same way. We think the same way. Um, we even like have similar diets. And, you know, all of these things are so aligned. And I, I decided to lean in and say yes to the gift that life was offering me in that moment. It's so fun to have couples on who are meeting other awakened partners when they're into their journey of awakening or have been awake as in last guest quite a long time. 
And for me, it was like we went through all of this together. So Mario and I are sitting over here, and because there's no cameras, I'm sharing this. We're kind of smiling at each other going, that sounds familiar, that sounds familiar. And yet there's parts of it that I'm going, wow, I wonder what that would have been like. Because there has been resistance here because I've been learning how to love myself as I've been with this man in my life, first as a friend and now as a partner. So there's there's all kinds of different paths, I think, into these conscious relationships. But the biggest thing that I picked up on on what you said is allowing myself to lean into that instead of what I've kept myself from having. And and that for me was the big thing too, is like, can I allow myself to deserve this? Can I believe I deserve this? It's a really interesting paradigm. What about you, Will? What is your experience as a man in this? Well, for me, I recognized what was happening. I saw it. I saw it for what it was. And I knew that every other time I had not leaned in, and I knew that I was I had to lean in. And for me, there was no question in my mind. It was, this is here for me. This is this very special and magical moment. And I'm, I choose this. I choose this completely and consciously. Because I had never met a person like Ariana. And I had never felt so connected to someone as if I knew them without knowing them. And... When we be, began to get to know each other, I knew that that was a signal for something. And rather than run away, even though I was afraid, I, I knew that I would always regret walking away. Yeah, I can relate to that. So did you have self-esteem things? What I'm calling self-esteem things, the do I deserve this? Am I going to allow myself to have this? Did you have any of that in your, from your past journey? I had a little bit of it. I think I'd say I'd ha- I had less than um, than Ariana a- around the relationship. Um, although I think we all have, am I worthy um, of love deep down in the core of us? Mm-hmm. Because as we go through life, we're the world reflects to us in so many ways. Um, you're not worthy. You're not worthy, and, and it challenge, or it challenges our worthiness. Maybe you're not worthy is, isn't isn't exactly what it's saying, but it's, it challenges your worthiness. And so, all that to say, I believe that we all have a little bit of it, and I did have a little bit of it. And when it came to the relationship, no, I knew I was worthy of it. I believed a hundred percent that I deserved it. I knew that I had put in plenty of time in other relationships that had taught me the things that would be helpful for this one. And I knew I had to lean in. I say I had to, but I knew I wanted to lean in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Well, and I notice also that like Ariana, your path has now become about pleasure and joy and probably the things that you've been exploring and discovering at a deeper level through this relationship. That kind of leads me to ask each of you about what has been different about this relationship? What have been your biggest transitions in this relationship that stand out for you? I would say that to your point before the question, yes. The evolution of our business is directly related to the evolution of our relationship. And how has our relationship been different and how is it, is it building those things? Well, the consciousness that she and I have together, that the two of us share our ability to communicate with each other and our willingness to be open and vulnerable has changed us exponentially. It 
the growth that occurs in each of us as an individual as a result of the vulnerability that we're able to have together and the strength that we're able to help each other feel and, and provide for each other changes the way we are in the world and it changes how we work. And it's really, really powerful to be in this kind of a conscious coupleship. Um, for me, it's something I've always dreamed of having. And, and now I'm in it and there are moments where it's pinch me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds too good to be true. Is it perfection all the time? Do you guys have challenges? We absolutely have challenges, just like <laughs> any other couple. And I think because of our level of awareness, our challenges can at times feel bigger and feel more overwhelming for us because yes. we are so willing to go into the uncomfortable that also, you know, that, that ripples out into the way we show up with each other. And that means that we're really willing to bring up and face the uncomfortable things together, which leads often to discussions and arguments and, and <laughs> us finding you know, the balance of power. It's, it's a dance and we do it together quite frequently. So while there is all of this amazing stuff, uh, while there are all these amazing results that come from the relationship, they also come through some discomfort and some shadow, just like everything else in the world. It's through that that the strength of the relationship is fortified, that the foundation grows stronger, that our relationship is more solidified as a whole. Yeah, I think our willingness to explore the shadows together brings about, as Will said, sometimes it can be even more intense because we're really we're not just dealing with superficial, you didn't do the dishes, you didn't bring out the garbage, you know, we're dealing with the really the roots of why those things bother us. And it can be really uncomfortable to sit with the truth of, you know, why I react the way I do, um, you know, and, and hold space for him going through his process around whatever it is that we're looking at and vice versa for him to hold space for me to go through my process um, while also feeling our own feelings about it, right? It's like this, it, it really takes an expanded level of awareness of consciousness to hold space for someone while they're um, moving through their shadows, while you also have responses and reactions to their shadows. But with that comes an even deeper level of healing. Like Will said, it creates a stronger foundation. It really fortifies and nurtures this relationship that we're building. And so I feel like in the little over a year that we've been together, we have kind of um, burned through some some really deep stuff. And it hasn't been without having to sit in the fire and let it burn, you know, and be uncomfortable as it's peeling away all of those layers. But as a result, our intimacy and our connection is deeper than I really, I can't speak for Will, but for myself that I ever thought was possible. Um, I dreamed of it. I hoped for it. I prayed for it. But there was a part of me that really doubted it. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, okay, no, this, you know, these things really do exist. This kind of connection with another human being, this sense of safety, this sense of um, belonging, this sense of, of deep, deep connection and intimacy with another human being is possible. Yeah, and a lot of this is connected to our ability and our willingness to share our vulnerability. 
and I pause because I think there's a there's this magnitude to that that often isn't really um, addressed in relationship and vulnerability, especially when it's frightening, and especially when both people create an agreement together to be with each other in that vulnerability, creates this container of safety and wholeness for us as human beings to feel loved. And what Ariana was just speaking to um, is exactly that. And when you, when you strip everything else away, it's how willing are we as, a, as partners in this coupleship to be with each other in our vulnerability, in our deepest, darkest shadows, and be willing to be there and sit with it and deal with the discomfort that comes up for us. And, and you know, in the context of this relationship, I've been able to be more vulnerable and grow more than ever in my life as a result of the partnership that Ariana provides for me. And I'd say that I, I can't speak for her entirely. And I'd say that it, this has provided her with a space to do the same. Absolutely. That's beautiful. You know, so much is coming through for me that we could talk about. But I think one of the big things that's coming through is how interesting it is to be in a relationship where there's a me and a we. Because a lot of what many of the people that I, I know and meet and work with and and so on in my own history, there was a lot of codependency. Like once a relationship came in, then it became, I lose me and we. And then when there's the untangling of the we, then there's no more me and I've got to reinvent myself and what's my identity and who am I? And I think that's an interesting component of conscious coupling to be the me and where's the me and where's the we and how that looks. And what would you guys say to people around that topic? (laughs) <laughs> we both looked, we're like, who wants to go? <laughs> um, <laughs> so this has been one of my greatest challenges and therefore opportunities in partnership. Because in the past, not just in intimate relationships, but in friendships, in, in any situation that I was in that involved another person, I would chameleon, I like to call it. I would just blend in at whatever. Yeah, you, you listen to that music, I listen to that music too, you know? like, And it was coming from that place of um, desperately wanting to fit in, desperately wanting to belong, and desperately wanting to be loved. And what I've come to realize you know, in this journey, and is particularly in my relationship with Will, is that the more that I am me, the more I have to contribute to the we. And the more that I create healthy boundaries around my own um, desires, the more that that actually amplifies the relationship. And it doesn't actually create separation, which was the illusion for me for a long time. If I don't fit in, if I don't chameleon and do what the other person is doing, then I won't belong. Whereas really it's created a deeper opportunity for us to love each other as we are. You know, he loves his rock music, guitar music, and I love my mantra music. And we find like a deep love and appreciation in that. And he's not always having to listen to my music and I'm not always having to listen to his, but we can create a space where both of us are allowed to be who we are in each moment. And that actually strengthens the we ultimately. So it's kind of a bit of a paradox in strengthening the me, it strengthens the we just as a natural 
part of the evolution. Perfect. That's perfect. You said that so well. I love it. I love that response. What about you, Will? What do you want to add? Well, I would definitely say that uh, often in relationship, uh, it's it's natural that it can happen, I think, not natural. It, it can happen that we seem to lose our sense of me in the we. And what I found is that in this particular relationship, there's been so much room for me that my personal identity has been strengthened, that I have room to expand. And that as I expand and as I grow and as, as I stand more firmly in me, the we is strengthened. The container grows stronger and our relationship is enriched because me is who she fell in love with. Me is what makes the we strong. And she, you know, her me does the same thing. And without me being me, there is no we. You know, early on in our relationship, Will and I read a book called The Zimzum of Love by Rob and Kristen Bell. And it's a really beautiful introduction to a new way of looking at, at marriage, at sacred union relationship. And what they, what they share with us is that a zimzum is, it's a Hebrew term where God or the universe, oneness, source, whatever we want to call it, in order to have relationship with anything, because if there's only one, there is no relationship. So in order to have relationship with the world, God contracts, creating space for creation to even exist in the first place. And so in a relationship, the zimzum is the dynamic energy field between two partners. And what happens is kind of what Will was speaking to is each person contracts, so to speak, to allow the other person to flourish. And so we, in creating more me, I give him space to flourish, you know, because we're not like attached at the hip, codependent kind of. Um, a lot of times I know for myself in past relationships, it was like, well, if we're not doing it together all the time, then like something's wrong. And whereas we have created this sacred space, this zimzum where I do me, you do you, and it, it magnifies us. It magnifies this dynamic energy field, this zimzum between us where we both contribute to um, and and we we master this field together. So it's almost like there's this third entity in a way that we are in relationship with that is that is the relationship itself, so to speak. And I want to jump in here because she's Ariana's touching on something that um, that I was taught by my teachers. And in the process of learning with these teachers, I learned karmic astrology and archetypal work and symbology, the foundations of NLP, which is Milton Erickson's work. And one of the things that they taught me was that anytime you create a new relationship with something, no matter what it is, there's another energy that's created. And looking at it through the lens of astrology, you would be creating a brand new chart. There's a birth of an energy. And it's the same with a relationship. With the birthing of the relationship, there is a new energy. We both bring in pieces of us that create that energy. And without us 
being ourselves, it gets muddy. And so coming back full circle to the, the, uh, the necessity of the me for there to be a we and how it nurtures us. I love that book. By the way, I'm going to tag to that book on the podcast as well. That's one I definitely want to read. And I, I love the way that you described that. I do believe that's the relationships of the future. I do believe that's where we can continue to grow and expand both individually and together is by creating these relationships that have solid individuals standing together rather than this one blended thing that's that's the we now and there's no more me. And I've been in those relationships and it's just, it's not healthy. There's no way it's sustainable. And this is sustainable because you're continuing to evolve individually and collectively. I think this kind of is a natural lead in to ask you about the work that you do. You talk about retreats for couples. Have you done those yet? Is that a future thing or a now thing? (laughs) It's a, a work in progress thing. We've been creating the program kind of behind the scenes, working with clients individually, experimenting with different um, exercises and tools and techniques in our own relationship to bring that into our private retreats with um, with individual couples or with small groups of couples. So it's kind of a little bit of both <laughs> in that we are, we're formulating it, we're experimenting with it, we're trying it on ourselves to see what works, how it can be adapted. And um, he's doing his work with men, I'm doing my work with women, we're doing our own inner work and we're bringing it together and birthing something, something together. That's awesome and authentic. I love that you're walking the talk. I mean, that's the people that I would want to explore with is people that are actually doing it and not just creating content that they put out there. So I think that's awesome. What do you want to add to that, Will? So there's great power in the individual work. And what's fun about what she and I do is that approaching it from the individual perspective, she has the way she works with women and I have the way I work with men, but then the bringing of that together into the union. She and I share a language. We work together in, you know, on our own. We, we lift each other up. We support each other. We are our biggest cheerleaders and our, our biggest inspirers at times. And so when the couple comes to us, they gain the asset of a familiar language and a safe container to explore even deeper. The safe container piece sounds very shamanic, and I love that you bring that from from these indigenous ways to, that's important. I think for any growth to happen, we need to feel safe, and so much of what I see out there doesn't feel safe, or it doesn't resonate for me because it's not that safe container, and it's not people actually walking the talk that they have. So I think what you guys bring is deeply authentic and very powerful at this time in our community at large to have guidance for individuals and couples to walk a deeper conscious path. Yeah, I think it's very important for us to look at that piece and to have a conversation around that, around um, walking the talk, authenticity, embodiment is what I've come to call it. You know, not just people following people who understand things intellectually, because it's one thing to read about it in a book you know, learn about it on a podcast. Um, but until we actually begin implementing it and, and living it, then 
we don't know the ins and outs of it, you know, and that's why um, doing shamanic work is so powerful because you get to know yourself on a multidimensional level <laughs> and you get to work with your energy, your personality, your awareness, your patterns from many different perspectives. And um, yeah, it's very important to work with people, whether that's with a, you know, a private coach, a couple's retreat, um, whatever it is that, that we do to continue our expansion to, to work with people that we trust that do create a safe container, that do, have done their own work. And they're not just, uh, you know, reading about it in a book and then and then regurgitating it out for someone else to hear. And I want to add to that. One of the special things about what she and I do is in the practice, like which, what Ariana was just talking about. It's in the personal work that we're doing. And so what we're able to provide inside that safe container is a modeling of a behavior between the two of us and a way of, of living and being that oftentimes can seem or feel elusive until we see it and experience it. And I've had the pleasure of experiencing this conscious coupleship with my mentors, um, living with them. They were, they tag teamed the work with me. I mean, it was 45 days straight. I lived in their home. It was a small two-bedroom house in northern Vermont. And they both had their skills, and I, and I learned from both of them in that way. And what I got to witness was the way they worked together and the consciousness that they brought through the power of their relationship. So you've now become the mentor. I think that's <laughs> so awesome. We're always the student and the teacher at the same time, right? <laughs> we are. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Well, I like to wrap up my shows by asking my guests for a final thought. And I'd like to do that with each of you concerning your conscious relationship and your conscious journey. Is there a special parting thought you'd like to leave listeners with? Ariana, I'll start with you. I think for me, my offering would be to more, more of an invitation rather to trust the heart and to trust the heart's desires. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't always mean it's going to be fun. But it's definitely worth it to lean in when the universe provides an opportunity for connection, for intimacy, for expansion. Um, particularly in intimate partnership, there is a, a dimension of ourselves that we only get to access in intimate partnership. You know, and it can be beautiful to be celibate too, and that's you know people's path sometimes. Um, and I do believe that we are social creatures, and we we thrive in the safety of partnership, in the safety of being held by another, and we get to tap into a different part of ourselves, heal a different part of ourselves, get to know a different part of ourselves in that partnership. So while it may seem scary, and we may have been hurt in the past, and we may not trust ourselves to make good decisions. I know that was one of my big things. I was like, I don't even know if I can trust myself. That you know, anybody who's listening at this point, if you've made it this far in the podcast, if you're if you're even interested in the idea of conscious coupleship, um, there's a part of you that is ready to take this step and to to trust and to continue walking your path. 
continue following what turns you on and lights you up and gets you excited about life. And that, like you said at the beginning of uh, the conversation, um, is is where we meet our our destiny, so to speak, whatever that is. Um, that's where we find ourselves is when we are following our highest excitement. That's where we meet and come across the things and people that we need to come across. So continue walking that path, continue trusting yourself and then lean in and say yes when the opportunity presents itself. What a great parting thought. How are you going to top that, Will? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I think I will, I will dovetail into a little bit of, of what she said here. And it's my, well, my experience is that it's through exploring the uncomfortable parts of ourselves that we are able to be in powerful relationships. And the only way that, that we're able to really have the richness of a powerful relationship And the closeness that comes with that is through a willingness to be vulnerable, to be frightened, and to trust. And in life, it can be terrifying to trust someone else with your heart. And I say, make space for that and step through the fear. Because on the other side of that, what's possible is limitless. So true. And, you know, you're very inspiring. Both of you are very inspiring. I'm in a conscious relationship and I still see where I'm not showing up as fully as I could. I think there's always somewhere we can show up more. If we're still drawing breath, there's still more to explore. There's still more to give. There's still more to do. And what a beautiful thing to find a partner to do that with. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on your, your show today. It has we been really such a pleasure. It. Thank you both for making time in your busy schedules to be with us. And I know this is something that your clients are going to enjoy and the world is going to enjoy and you're shining a very bright light. So thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.